Hey, thank you for listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are streamed. You can also visit PraiseChapelLasVegas.com and follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas to stay connected with PCLV. Thank you again for listening. Here comes today's message. Us be refreshed. Father, I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Let it penetrate deep within our spirit, Father God. And Father, put in what needs to put in and remove what needs to be removed. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, come. Come as you're already here. Start to move upon the hearts of your people in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise one more time. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to see you today. Come on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to minister a message uh, today entitled, One Day. Somebody say, One Day. Amen. Have you ever said to yourself that, One day, I'm going to do this. Or, One day, I'm going to do that. Or, or one day we're going to be there. Or one day I'm going to find Mr. Right, ladies. One day I'm going to, I'm going to find the right woman. One day I'm going to have this job. One day, you know, we go through these things that one day, you know, we had testimonies here. And really, those were testimonies of one day. One day I'm going to be clean and sober. One day I'm going to have my daughter back. One day, you know what, I'm going to graduate. One day I'm going to have the blessing. So those are things that we say and then one day comes. Can somebody say amen? How many believe in the word of God today? Come on. See, I believe, I believe in every word that's in the scriptures. Come on, I believe every single word that are in the scriptures because I believe that they are inspired by God. I believe it is the very breath of God. And 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture, somebody say all scripture, is God breathe. Come on. That when the word of God is spoken, is actually the breath of God. It, it breathes inside of us life. And this is what we came here for because we need life. Come on. Sometimes we're sometimes running on empty, amen. Sometimes, come on, it seems like we're out of breath, amen. It seems like life is going real fast, and we're running real fast, and we need the breath of God to come and breathe some life. Come on, somebody. And so when you open the Word of God and you start to read the very Word of God, then God starts to breathe upon you. God starts to give you sometimes hope. God starts to, starts to remind you of who He is. And, and things start to happen because the breath of God starts to come into our spirit. Amen. And now what seemed overwhelming now seems, you know what, God's in control. That everything's going to be all right. Come on, somebody. Get excited with me. Come on. See, the, the problem with the church today, they're not excited. Come on. We, we're stuck in a place that, what are you going to do for me now, God? Come on. Come on. We think, oh, you know what? Uh, we, we're, we're, in, we're in a, going through a stage. We're going through a, a, a season in our lives. We're going through a, maybe a hard time. And we kind of forget about what he's already done. Come on, somebody. See, the Holy Spirit, who inspired the writers of the scriptures, listen, will also inspire the readers. 
See, as you read these inspired words from God, amen, there'll be times, amen, when you're asking God, you know, uh, just like a, a brother was testifying, God, uh, I'm hungry today. Uh, God, uh, feed me today. Uh, the same thing as you start to read the word of God and you open it through a season in your life, amen, uh, that times that you're going to read the word of God and a phrase or a word or, or something's going to jump out and pour in. Come on, God's going to give you some revelation sometimes that you read the word and say, man, I, I read this scripture so many times, and all of a sudden, boom, something hits you. Come on, you ever been there? Come on, even, even in a service just like this, we can, we can start to sit down, and all of a sudden, it, it just takes that one little word, that, that one little phrase, that one little thing that, that the spirit drops into your spirit, and boom, you got revelation. Come on, somebody say, boom. Come on, there's times that there's booms in the church, amen. And that's why it's so, it's so, it's so uh, careful to be quiet, so careful not to be moving around because that boom is looking for somebody. And it can be a boom that your neighbor behind you is looking. Maybe you're okay, but the person behind you is not. And so sometimes a revelation of the word of God, when you read the word, it can sometimes just drop into our spirit just like a boom. It's kind of like the light turns on. I, I get it. I got it, Lord. I, you get a revelation from God, and that sometimes can be like that because the Holy Spirit does that. Come on, you can read words like, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. When I read things like that, church, I, come on, though I go through things, come on, how many know the things we, we go through things? Come on, but I read that, amen, and though things may come, they will not prosper against me, amen. They cannot stop me from going forward in God, amen. I'm going to keep on going. See, one day reading that scripture, God gave me revelation that nothing can really stop me, church. Come on, if God is for us, who can, yeah, who can come against us, church? Really, guys, when you start to read the word of God and you get the revelation of that word, really, you come, to, uh, you come alive. Now, revelation has to click in that, you know what? Why do I trip? Why do I freak out if I believe that? No matter what form, what comes against me, it's not going to prosper. If God's for me, who can come against me? God is always with us, amen. When we go through these trials and storms, we got to understand that one day something will click in you. One day is the one thing that's going to take you over the hump. One day is the one day that's going to take you into the kingdom of God to be who God called you to be. It can happen, church. Listen, in one day. So I believe in the word of God, and I believe it can change somebody. Come on, somebody. See, you can quote all the scriptures you want. You can say it out loud, but if you don't believe it, nothing changes. Come on, you can have it on your wall, you can have it anywhere, you can have a bumper sticker on your car, but if you don't believe it, nothing changes in your life. You got to believe. Tell your neighbor, you got to believe. I want you to turn to the book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter 10 verse 3. And I want to minister on one day. It starts off right there, one day, somebody say one day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. Listen, church, everything, 
can change in one day. Our text says it was about three in the afternoon where he had a vision. Here in our text is a Roman captain named Cornelius that had a vision. The Bible says, as you read that scripture, amen, the Bible says that this man gave generously. He was a generous giver. He gave to the church. He gave to the poor. He gave to the need. He was a man who prayed and was seeking God regularly. And though he was not a believer of Jesus Christ at the time, listen, church, you got to catch this. That prayer habit kept him in tune with God. As Pastor Joe would say, he was on the right frequency. Tell your neighbor, are you on the right frequency today? Come on, sometimes we have our frequency on the wrong place, amen. We got it on old school jams. We got it on this. We got it on things in the past. We're bumping this. We're bumping that. No one's bumping Jesus. Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, change that tune. Come on, put it on the right frequency. See, see, nobody wants to put it on God because when you put it on God, then God starts talking to you. It's t- telling you things that you need to remove in your life. So we kind of go, and we, <laughs> we change it, amen. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't change it. Be still. Tell, tell your other neighbor, be still. God, be still, amen, because when you have it on the right frequency, let me tell you, church, he will start to speak to you. Because of that church, because this man was in tune with God, because this man prayed and see God regularly, because this man gave generously, one day God gave him a vision that changed everything. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, NIV says this, And without faith, somebody say faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe, somebody say believe, that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, Cornelius here, the story here demonstrates God's willingness to use the extraordinary means to reach those who desire to know him. Those who sincerely seek God, listen, church, find God. And because of that vision, you got to understand the story here. It opened up the gospel to the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? You guys. Unless you're a Jew in this place, amen. Come on, the rest of us are Gentiles, amen. These are anyone. It opened up the gospel to anyone. The whosoevers can come and know and receive Jesus, hallelujah. Doesn't matter who you are, your background, you can receive Jesus. And see, the powerful thing here is that, and what I love about this story is that if you, say I, if you pray regularly, if you see God daily in reverence, you'll always find him, church. You never know, listen, you never know when God will show up and speak out and speak into your life. Today, listen, could be that one day. Listen, church, when you live in prayer mode, come on, somebody. When you live in prayer mode, we live and you live with an anticipation, a holy anticipation. Come on, when you live with that kind of attitude, 
Today can be that day. Any day can be that day, church. Whatever you want or whatever you're asking God, it can be today. It can be that day today if you believe. Because one day changes everything. At any moment, God can turn it into a holy moment. God can invade your life at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and change everything. Church, let me ask you a question. And don't shout it out. But answer it to yourself. Do you just pray to pray? Or do you pray that today God can show up in a mighty way? Do you pray that today is a day that God speaks into your life? Today is a day that God can answer your prayer. Because one day, church, can change everything. I remember a few of those one days in my life. I remember the big day, the one day in my life, amen, it was at a balcony of a church in Huntington Park where I did rededicated my life to the Lord. That one day, church, changed everything in my life and answered the prayer of my wife of 10 years. One day changed all that. Come on, somebody. One day God gave me a vision, and it was also at 3 o'clock as well, but it was 3 o'clock in the morning. And he woke me up in a, in a hotel room at a conference, amen, and told me, one day, he told me at three in the morning, I want you to open a church in Las Vegas. And that one day changed everything. That one day is why we're here today. I said, that one day is why you're here today. Come on, one day, uh, God knew you. God saw you, amen. He saw you in the future. He said, one day, uh, I'm going to have them come. One day, lives are going to be turned around. Testimonies that we heard is because of that one day. God answers prayers, church. He always gives us a little bit more than we, what we've been asking for. Come on, we pray for this, and he says, you know what? I can do a little better than that, son. I can do a little bit better than that, daughter. See, my wife prayed just for a saved husband. God, just save my husband. Deliver him from drugs. Deliver him from alcohol. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to save him, Miha, and I'm going to make him a pastor. Woo! Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I'm going to save him and make him the man of your dreams. One day did all that. Eh? One day, church. Let me tell you, she was in a nightmare because of me. And one day it turned into a dream. One day, church. See, you never know when the one day is going to happen, when God's going to do something in your life. All it takes is one day. Come on, somebody. It's not a six-week course, not a 12-step course. It's only one day for God. It's only one moment for God that he can change you, amen, change your destiny, amen, change where you are coming from, where you're going, and also one day turn your life completely around. Come on, somebody. One day can do that because one day can change everything. Remember the one day when God poured out his spirit on the day of Pentecost? Woo! What a day that was, amen. Come on. No one can ever script that miracle but God. See, when Peter got up that morning, aren't you glad you got up this morning? Come on, there's some people that didn't get up this morning. Aren't you glad you got up this morning? 
See, when Peter got up that morning, he had no idea what God was about to do. He had no idea that he was about to rock that upper room, amen, that a mighty rushing wind was about to blow through that house, amen. He had no idea that God was going to pour his spirit with such fire. He had no idea that we would speak in other tongues. That 3,000 people would get saved and baptized, church. Come on now. All that happened in one day. That one day changed everything. It changed everything. They were in one mind, the Bible says, in one accord in that upper room. And they were praying and seeking God. I said they were praying and seeking God. And then the rushing wind came. And something unpredictable, something uncontrollable happened. It all took place in one day. I mean, God threw a surprise party. I mean, it was a Holy Ghost surprise. That one day, church, changed everything. You know what that one day represents? The birth of our church. This is a church that we belong to. I mean, that, that's the original mama church. Come on, that one day is what started this whole thing of Christianity, the whole thing of going into all the world and preaching the gospel. I mean, it was that one day is why you and I are here. Amen. It's that one day that changed the gospel and the spreading of the gospel forever. And it's still going on today because of that one day. We carry that one day with us, church. We are the one day. Come on, somebody. We are the whosoevers of Jesus Christ. Amen. The, the, the gospel came to us. As that upper room was getting filled with the Holy Ghost fire, the Bible says that the crowds downstairs, the crowds outside the church, amen, were amazed and perplexed. They were puzzled. Amazed? And then puzzled. Come on. Now I believe that all of us, come on, want to be amazed by God. Right? You ever tell God, just blow my mind. God, just do something, I'll do, just do something crazy in my life. God, just use me, man. We can, we, we can tell God, God, amaze me. We sing that song, I'm amazed by you. I'm amazed. How deep, how long, how wide is your love? I'm simply amazed for your love for me. But I don't think anyone here pr prays, perplex me, Lord. Come on, anybody pray that prayer? God, I want to be puzzled. I just want to be puzzled by you. Come on. But church, you got to understand, it's a package deal. I want you to catch this. Because if you're not willing to be perplexed, you'll never be amazed. Meantime, when we first got saved, and my wife, was, this was kind of new of Christianity, and we got saved together, and and we're in, we're in the, that, that, that brown room. You remember that brown room? And this is the first time that she really heard of tongues. So she was perplexed. <laughs> she was freaked out, perplexed, worried. Uh, everything ran. And all of a sudden, she's like, what's going on here? She just had this, this, this thing. What, what the heck's going on here? There was, she was perplexed. And then all of a sudden, I start speaking in tongues. She goes, oh, no, he has it. And I got to go home with him. <laughs> But through that, through being perplexed or puzzled, there was 
curiosity. And through that curiosity brought amazement to her. See, if you're not willing to be perplexed, you'll never be a mage church. See, Cornelius had a vision. The Bible says it was around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The next day, somebody say the next day. This is the very next day around noon, Peter now says, Peter was perplexed with a vision while praying on a rooftop of Simon's house. I want you to turn to Acts, go down a little bit, Acts 10, 9 through 17. Let's pick up the story here. It says that the next day, and this is all part of God's plan, the vision came to Cornelius. He, he goes and he listens to God. He's not perplexed. He's not anything. He just hears. He wants to know what this is all about. So now the same thing happens the next day, but now to Peter. Now Peter's puzzled by this. And so it says this, the next day as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went on the flat roof to pray. It was around noon and he was hungry. But while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He said that the sky is open. And something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. And in the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, birds, gang members, drug addicts, homosexuality, homosexuals. There, there, all this was on here, okay? I want, just follow me, okay? I want you to follow me. And the voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. And the Lord declared, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws declares impure or unclean. But the voice spoke again. It says, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. And then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. And Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? See, Peter here saw a large sheet uh, filled with animals and reptiles and birds. Uh, and the Lord tells Peter, kill and eat. Now, I love the way Peter responds to the Lord. He says, Lord, I will not. Now, that's what he said. I, I will not. Lord, no way am I doing that. Now, before you start criticizing Peter, let me tell you something. We all do the same thing. Come on, somebody. Come on, God tells you to do something. He puts something in your heart, and we tell God, Lord, I can't do that, right? I can't do that, God. I, I can't do that. I can't go there. I can't say this. I, we say these things. In other words, you're saying, Lord, I will not. That's what you're telling the Lord. Come on, he says, go tell them about me. I can't do that. I'm too shy. I'm this. I'm that. I'm oh, whatever. What you're really saying is, Lord, I will not. I will not. See, Peter had a hard time processing, uh, come on, uh, this, 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 this perplexing vision. Uh, he was just, not just perplexed, the scripture says that he was very perplexed. Why? Why was he perplexed? Because the vision, listen, was a direct violation of everything that Peter has ever known. It was the only thing that he knew. It was that this is no way. This cannot be from God. Because Jewish laws forbid eating any unclean animals. 
And so Peter says, I will not. Lord, I will not. I will not eat anything impure or unclean. So God in his endless patience, come on, ain't he a patient God? Come on, he is patient with us, amen. God repeats the vision to, the, to Peter three times. This must be Peter's magic number, right? Right? Because it, it took three de denials, right? Remember when he denied Jesus three times? Here, three times of a vision, and he finally gets it. That's the place that God wants us to do something in our lives, church. When he's speaking to us and we're perplexed about it. And that's why I think many of us get stuck spiritually. And so instead of operating by faith, listen, we switch back to logical thinking. Come on, somebody. Come on, we come to back to common sense. We come back to things, amen. You know what? It doesn't make sense. That, that, that doesn't add up. It goes against what was taught to me. And you got to listen, church. Uh, we're in a place in history. We are in a place in our society because of the things that are taking place in our world that we are raising our voices of who's right, who's wrong, and we have all forgotten about grace and doing the righteous thing. Come on, church. It's about humility. It's about thinking of others, amen, and things that, that we do have to be done in love. So instead of embracing the new move of God, we fall back into the rut of old routines. It says, we don't, we don't do that here. We don't expect those to come here. Come on, somebody. Come on. We, we, start, to, we start to come and who's right? You're wrong. You're wrong. You're in sin. You're in, this is all that. And yes, we got to preach that church. But sometimes we're going against people. Amen. And we're, just, we're, we're, we're saying, you know what? You're unclean. You're impure. You're not welcome here. So Peter here, you got to understand, was puzzled. He was perplexed by this vision. But Peter took a step of faith. So instead of falling back to, to routine, Peter embraced the new move of God. If you go back to verse 17 through 20, Acts chapter 10, it says this in NIV. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius was found where Simon's house was and stopped there at the gate calling out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up, go downstairs, do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. If you go down to verse 25 to 29, it says this, As Peter entered the house, Cornelius went and met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up and said, Stand up, he said, I'm only a, a man myself. And while talking to him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. And he said to them, you are all aware that it is against our, Jew, our law of, Jew, of a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So I, when I went in, I went for, I was sent for, and I came without raising objection, any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? See, Peter risked his reputation by breaking every Jewish law. And he stepped into the house of Cornelius, a, a, a Gentile, which was a big no-no. He even thought it's impure. This is, this is impure. But God was showing Peter, 
Do not look upon the Gentiles as inferior people whom God won't redeem. See, before the vision, church, Peter thought, you know, that the Gentiles, there, there's no way that they can become followers of Christ because of the way he was raised. After, afterwards, he understood that it was his responsibility to them as messengers. And tell Cornelius the good news of the salvation in Christ Jesus. See, this one step proved to be a giant leap of faith, church. See, Peter crossed a, a threshold that's never been crossed by a Jew. Stepping into a house of a Gentile was considered unclean. But this opened the door to the gospel to all Gentiles because of that one day church. And that's where our spiritual genealogy traces back to. That very moment that Peter embraced the new. See, Peter had a cross. He had faith to cross the bridge and leak the areas that had been separated because he circled a perplexing vision in prayer. Every Gentile who comes in faith in Jesus Christ is an answer prayer to a prayer that was circled by Peter that one day. That's why you're here today. Because one day, one day changed everything. Come on, somebody. We're able to receive the gospel. Us, unpure, unclean. The world looks at it and God says, no, don't consider what I've called clean. See, God wants to clean us. Come on, someone say amen. He wants to take the impurities within our lives and change them around that anyone, anyone, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Hallelujah. Ain't you glad for that? Ain't you glad for that one day, amen, that Peter stepped out and crossed the barriers, amen, of what it is, amen, to give us uh, hope, to give you hope. That in 2019, amen, that we can still have hope today because of that one day. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done, amen. Come on, they can look, the world can look at you as unclean, impure, nobody. And God says, you know what? If you give me your heart, I'll make you a somebody. If you give me your life, I'll turn your life around. And I'll take the impurities out of your life and make you whole once again. That one afternoon on the rooftop. Of Simon's house. See, we have to listen, church. Somebody tell your neighbor, listen. You have to listen, listen, when God speaks. See, it took a three-part heavenly vision for Peter to change his mind. Some of you guys are number five or seven or ten. Come on, somebody. We're, we're, we're not getting it. Come on, some of you guys have been saved too long that you're still doing the same thing. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm not here to beat you. I'm here to build you. Come on, we, we need to get over that hump. You need, to, you need to be still. You need to know who God is, amen. God's speaking to you. God's giving you vision, amen. We're perplexed, but we're not seeking him. Cornelius sought the Lord. Cornelius wanted answers, amen. And then he brings it to another man. And he says, this guy's looking. This guy's searching for me. He's looking for me. Go tell him about my son. And he goes and he gets his vision. And, and Peter is very perplexed by it because, come on, come on. This is for the Jew, not the Gentile. God says, you know what? Don't, don't, don't. Don't think it's just for you guys. 
I want to reach them. Come on. Well, we don't go in those neighborhoods. I want you to go. We don't, we don't, we don't reach those kind of, I want you to go. God, 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 you don't, you understand. I want you to go. I want you to go. I want you to get that drug addict. I want you to go get the alcoholic. I want you to get the, the abuser. I want you to get those that are lost in bound. I want you to get those that don't deserve this amazing grace of mine because you don't deserve it either and go share it to them and let me do what I need to do inside their life. That they can experience, uh, come on, uh, God's amazing grace. Uh, they can experience God's mercy. I thank God for that one day because it delivered this alcoholic once and for all. Amen. Uh, God came. He said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to change your life. Uh, I'm going to put your life back together. Amen. Because of that one day. And thank God for the gospel. That I understood of a man who laid down his life for me and shed his blood for me so I can be set free. Uh, he paid off my debt. He paid off your debt. Just like our brother was saying, what are you doing with that? Come on, give it, give somebody a lifeline. And I know that people, you, all you can do is throw it. You can't put it around them. You, God's just trying at least throw it. <laughs> Come on, we, we're not even throwing it. We, we already think in our mind that he's impure. We, God won't use him. You're not God. I said, you're not God. God says, you know, share my gospel to everyone, everywhere, amen, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Make them disciples. Throw the lifeline, lifeline out. Let them grab it if they want it. See, they threw a lot of lifelines at me, church, in those 10 years. Come on, they threw it out. I refused it. I did. I kicked it back. I don't want it. I threw it back at them. That's how rebellious I was, amen. Come on, somebody. Don't look at me all strange. You guys were the same way. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. You're like, yeah, I don't want this. I don't want God. I, come on. Let, let me be honest. Come on. I didn't want it. She was the number one thrower. She hit me in the head with it like, Ooh. I didn't want it. But I thank God he didn't give up on me. Because the last, last lifeline was Jesus himself. And he threw it out to me. I said, everyone's prayed for you, son. You refused every lifeline that was thrown to you. I'm giving you one more chance. This, this, this was it. One more chance. This is it. If you blow it, that's up to you. But if you let go, you don't grab a hold of this, you're dying. And I was done. I hit rock bottom. I was done. I was, I was praying, give me a lifeline. No one's throwing me nothing. I went looking for the lifeline, church. Come on, it didn't come to me that time. That last day when I went to Huntington Park on that balcony, I had already intentions in mind. I, I want to get saved. My life is falling apart. My wife's going to leave me. I, I'm going to lose everything, God. I, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, you ever been that place? I'm just done, God. I'm done, God. Come on, just altar call. I wasn't even listening to the message. I just, just do the altar call. Throw the lifeline out. I'm ready to grab it. And let it drag me to the altar. Amen. Hallelujah. I was ready. And finally the altar call comes. It seemed like it took a long time to get there. But in my mind I'm going through all kinds of crazy stuff. And guess who else shows up? The devil starts speaking to me. That foul fool. Oh, man, he started whispering me. He started saying, what are you doing? You look foolish up here. Look at your wife's going to leave you anyway. And all this stuff, come on, let's just go have a drink. 
This was running in my mind. All this time, I didn't hear the message. All I heard was him speaking to me, speaking to me. And I'm like, girl, just throw the lifeline. And the altar call happens. Okay. And the lifeline goes out. It reaches the balcony. And I refuse it. At that moment, I refused. That moment I was in anticipation that I want to get saved today. Today is that day. Today's the one day. And it's right there laying in front of me, and I don't grab it. And I said, no. And I'm looking at it. And so I, then after that, I look at my wife, who's sitting just right beside me. And she looked at me, and then the disappointment came on her. And her head just fell. Like, this guy's not getting saved. When I seen her face, that's what hit me. I said, you know what, devil, you're a liar. I grabbed it. I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. I just grabbed it by faith. And it took me to the altar. And then the rest is history. God delivered me, set me free. And I never drank. It's been 24 years now. One day. One day changes that church. You guys have heard my testimony. I've shared things like that with you. The walk, the struggle. It was still a struggle after that, even walking to the altar. But I, I was holding on to the lifeline. The devil could not change my mind anymore. It's just the one day, church. See, one of the most basic and principal lessons from this encounter with Cornelius and with Peter, that when God speaks, listen, when God speaks, we must not challenge what he says. See, at that time, I didn't challenge God no more. I simply said, he told me what my options are. Life, death. It's up to you, son. I'm done. I'm done with you. Your wife's done with you. This whole church is done with you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was at, this is all on you. They love you. This is all on you. They just can't make you. This has, I can't even make you. This is all up to you, son. What do you want? I want life. I think most of us want life, right? And when I hung on to that life, church, it gives me life. And it continues to give me life. I'm not going to let go of what I receive and what he's done in my life. It's been too much. And so when God speaks, I don't challenge what he says no more. That one day in that hotel room, say, go to Vegas and start a, a, a church. I didn't say, one day. It's hot over there. Do you know it's hot? I was thinking more like Hawaii, <laughs> something nice, maybe not too, something not too far away from my mom, my family. God, can I, can I just start a, right there in the city I'm in right now? But when he said Vegas, I simply said, okay. I didn't question him. I didn't rebel against him. I, I just said, okay, because I, I was twisting and turning that night in my, in my room. I was tossing. God was dealing, and I was sweating and Three in the morning, he's like, oh, I'm like, what is it? I did answer him like that. What is it? What do you want from me? And he, and he told me. I said, okay, I'll do it. And all of a sudden, peace came. And I just went back to sleep like a little baby. That's all it took. It's for me to just say, okay, God, I'm not going to challenge you. I'm not going to say anything. I, did, I, did, I said, okay, we're doing this. 
See, when he speaks, we can't challenge what he says. See, doubting God is rebellion. It's actually a sin. When God says something that is, we must not debate with him. We must not question him. Our right response is human submission or humble submission to his revelated truth. Because when God speaks, it's all truth, church. Come on. Don't give up on your marriage, son. Okay. I don't care what she's saying right now. Don't give up. Okay. So God said to my wife, don't give up on that boy. Been already eight years. It's already been nine years. Look, we're going to number 10. Don't give up on that boy. I got plans for that boy. He's just stubborn, but the stubborn he is, the better he'll be. Don't worry, I'll use him. He's, he's building testimony. He's building, he's building up my glory. I'm going to show him off. He's going to be my little trophy, amen, what the Lord has done. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Look at my son. Hallelujah. Woo, this is my trophy right here. It's my boy. It's my boy right there. Hallelujah. He gets excited over me. Hallelujah. Woo. I'm going to use him. You keep praying. And her. Obedience and submission is what she kept doing. It was faith, church. Sometimes that's all we have, church, is faith. Faith and prayer. How do you do it? I just believe. <laughs> what do you do? I just keep praying. <laughs> that's, that's all I can do. That's all that's been taught to me is to pray, 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 pray until something happens. I'm going to pray. Of course, I get saved and everything seems to be cool. And we're like, yeah, I'm back, baby. Yeah. Come on, let's do this. But she's not there. She's not feeling the joy I'm feeling. She's happy for me. But there's a lot of pain there still. Now there's things of saying, this is not going to work. I don't know. This is. I think, I think we're done. I, I don't know if God can heal this. Of course, she's, just, she's sharing what she feels. Amen. Amen. So, God, what do I do here? You pray now. <laughs> That's what he told me. <laughs> she prayed 10 years. You think it's going to be a skip part? I'm just, just going to, everything going to be okay? Mm -mm, boy, you damaged her. There's, been, there's some things you're going to have to learn from this. You, know, you got to know where your wife's at. So now she, she prayed for your salvation. Now you pray for your marriage, boy. You pray. You pray, boy. You keep praying. And Lord, let me tell you, then he told me this. And watch what I'll do. I'll put everything back together. And so despite of what she would say, that, you know, for in the flesh, you're like, forget this. Hallelujah. I'm going to go have a drink. No, I, I, no, 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 no. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I would hear that, and I said, man, it's not working. What's going on? And I remember the Lord clearly tell me, and I'll close up right now. He clearly told me, are you serving me for I can just fix your marriage? Or do you, are you serving me because you love me? And I said, what's going to happen if I don't fix this or this doesn't get fixed? Are you going to leave me? And I said, God, I, I'm in love with you. God, I'm done with the world. If you can't fix this, I'm still serving you. And then he says, just pray then. Keep praying.
prayer that she prayed did something, the prayer that you do will do something new. And I simply believe, and I, I told the devil, liar, it's my wife there, you ain't taking her. She invested in this man. Ten years. Come on. I can tell you one time, let me tell you. I get saved, and then I get sick. Remember? I have a heart condition. And I was stubborn, you know, as all men are. I'm not going to the doctors. I was going, I was doing this for, for three days. I get this massive headache, and then uh, I just I go to work. I wake up fine, but in the middle of the day, the headaches come. And I mean, it's, they were just so vicious. So I thought I had a flu or a migraine, so I go home, sleep it off. She medicates me and does all this stuff, takes care of me. And I wake up the next morning, yeah, I'm good. Go back to work, same thing. Repeated three times. The fourth day, I was dying. Couldn't hold nothing in. Everything that was in me came out. I couldn't take no water. I couldn't take any type of fluid. It was just, it was really bad. It was bad to a point where she went to the store to go get me something that I was in my restroom. And I told God, I just want to die. That's how much pain it was. I just said, you know what? I'm saved. Just take me home. <laughs> That's kind of selfish right there. Amen. And I remember that, that, that time, and then my wife said, let's just go to the doctors. Let's just go to emergency. And I said, no, nah, I'll wake up tomorrow morning okay. And she goes, but that at night it was just intense. And so I finally at midnight, <laughs> I gave in. I said, let's go. Our doctors were in, in Orange County. We were, we were living in Downey, amen, so we had to drive a long way to, to just get this knucklehead there. But realized that, that uh, I had an irregular heartbeat. And so when they, take, they took me in, they just took my pulse and immediately admitted, admitted me inside. And they started to tear my clothing off to, and started hooking me up to machines. And, and, uh, and uh, my wife said she walked in there and she seen the vein here was just going probably, well, the doctor said it was going around 230 times per minute. And, it was just, and she was just there like, wow, and they're telling her to does he have a will? Does he, and, and my wife's like, what, what the heck are you talking about? He has a headache. And uh, make a long story short, amen, what it, what it was, it was a re, re irregular heartbeat in my heart that caused my heart to pump blood faster than normal. And he said if I would have spent the night or went to sleep that night, I would never have woke up. And it took medication to finally get the control of my heart. So it was either taking medication for the rest of my life, which I was only at 30 years old. And I felt like an old man already, taking three pills a day, three times a day. Uh, but I got the surgery. I'm well now. No more. I'm done. <laughs> Never had an issue now. Amen. It's just, this is a long story, but it's the one day, church. The one day that God changes everything. And so I should have listened to my wife. And sometimes... Husbands, God will use your spouse to speak to you. And we're not to question it. And so we got to know that God uses people. God will speak to us. God will use his word to speak to us. And when he speaks, don't debate. Respond. Come on, somebody. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Amen. See, sometimes we are arguing over a point that God has already made clear. We're questioning him. Should I do it? I already told you to do it. Should I go? I told you to go. We question God. And you know it's God. Just so you can do it. Amen. Let us all stand up.